0: spooky south coast tim weisberg along with stephanie burke the silent assassin matt costa and and lauren we need to come up with a a name for you
1: let's just call me
2: lauren awesome
0: all right lauren awesome will officially be her name on the show that's that
2: that still leaves you and i without nicknames
0: i don't i don't need a nickname i don't
2: really need one either
0: i go beyond nicknames Right. Well, I could introduce you as psychic medium, Stephanie Burke, but I don't want to do that because I feel like just throwing that out there is, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want people to expect that that's what the role is that you're performing on the show here. You are a co-host. You're not here to
2: be a psychic medium. Right.
0: Well, see, but that's something that we could talk about at some point because when you hear that phrase psychic medium, you think that people are automatically not going to assume that you're a normal person because Correct. of it. Because you always make a distinction when you talk about it. You say, I don't want to be psychic medium Stephanie tonight, I just want to be a normal person Stephanie. Right. And I always see you as both at the same time. But do you? other people don't see you as that?
2: Some people do, some people don't.
0: Actually, the, the more that I, like, the more that we become friends and the more that we mm-hmm. talk to each like, I completely forget that you're a psychic medium. I think, medium. like,
2: people closest to me forget um... But other than that, I, I mean, I have those people in my life that are always looking for that and don't care about the friendship. And then there's other people that do care about the friendship and don't care about that side, but will ask me questions. And then there's people that are just my friends and don't even care what I do.
0: Well, we will continue to at least refer to it now and again, especially when it will come into play in the discussion. Of course. Because we want, you know, we want, that's part of what you do here on the show. Correct. And, uh, and, and, you know, we've gotten some emails from people that, have said, you know, some people will say, hey, I love the addition of having somebody else on the show. Mm-hmm. Other people have been like, I don't understand why you change things. But <laughs> Of course. I, I, but I think that it's the key is that you're here because you bring a different perspective to a lot of the topics that we talk about. Exactly. And that, and sometimes we can rely on you to help us with some of the things that we don't understand.
2: Correct. But that's also from a female perspective, never mind a psychic medium perspective.
0: Well, so, And also just from being another, another brain in the room, right. too. Right. So and and now we have another brain in the room too with Lauren Awesome as well. Right. So that could you know that brings a different perspective because now we have somebody who you know is in in involved with this show for the broadcast experience and and not really somebody that's involved in the paranormal. So we can bring a kind of a fresh perspective to a lot of the things that we talk about. Right. And she might be more willing to call BS on some of the topics than than we might be because Whoa. we're so surrounded by it.
2: I have the to the far left of me the extreme skeptic. Right. And then we have the unknowing skeptic who doesn't know what's going on because she's not delved that deep into the paranormal yet. And then you have me, the psychic medium. And then we have you, the investigator slash
0: it's everything list- else. It's all going to work out in the it's end. It's going to I weird. still really want to go on a paranormal investigation. You definitely will be. That, uh, that'll that be coming up. And, and speaking of which, we actually... Uh, it wasn't an investigation per se, but we went on a little bit of a paranormal field trip the other day. We
2: did go on a field trip,
0: and um, to a
2: very dark, scary, wet place.
0: And we didn't get the chance to talk afterwards. Well, I'm, I'm going to. Oh. We went to Battery Milliken at yes. Fort Tabor because there's something coming up that we can't really reveal quite yet, but it's going to be coming up, probably in the fall, and it's going to be awesome—not Lauren awesome, but just awesome in general. <laughs> oh. And we're going to have really, it's it's going to be something very unique for the people in this area, so. We had to go and scope things out in the okay. grants. and we went into to Battery Milliken. It was uh, you and I. We brought my son Adam. Yes, we. Did. We had Greg Derosiers from the uh, WBSM News Department, mm-hmm. as well as Kristen from the station and, and her brother. And we went into Milliken, really to get the lay of the land in there. But while we were there, we did a little bit of a, a mini investigation. Right. I mean, things were going on that were. Strange, but to us, they were kind of mundane for being in that place because you
2: are used to what you and I do. Mm -hmm. It was on the, the itty bitty teeny tiny spectrum of like, okay, that was cool. If you have never done anything like that before, that was a holy crap, what was that moment?
0: Yeah, there was a lot of uh sounds that we couldn't explain, voices that we couldn't explain. Right. Uh whistling, the female voice which was that really messing weird. everybody up because the only person that was out there was a city worker who was working on some some touch-ups. Who was male. And and didn't sound like a woman. Nope. And uh and he, you know, told us, you know, you do what you're doing. I'm not going to bother you. And right. he was aware that we were there. So he's not going to be talking and, and messing really up what we were doing. He didn't make any noise at all. Right. Well, he was listening to his headphones. Right. And and so um when we started hearing all these voices, we just assumed that somebody had come out to talk to him. And when we got out there, he was gone. <laughs> and he was in a vehicle with a bunch of equipment. So we would have heard him, like, packing up all that equipment. And we would have heard him driving away if it happened, like, right in those 30 seconds. But we well, just nope. turned the corner and he was gone. We fully expected to see him and a woman standing there. Yes. Nobody there.
2: He was very This was that night? No, no, during, no, during the, day. the
0: day, broad daylight, which is even more creepy, <laughs> right? But when we're inside the middle of that location and we turn off all the lights, you and wouldn't know. Yeah, it's it's dark as hell, and you're just sitting there.
2: We had the strongest flashlights that you could buy anywhere, and it didn't even light up
0: anything. So they you guys went into the
1: um, what are those like the little like cave type things or whatever they are? The little like yeah, kind of
0: offshoot rooms, a there's. battery
1: like a fort, but. yeah, the forts, yeah.
0: And and while we're in there. We we turn everything off and you can hear, I mean a lot of it is there's moisture dripping, and moisture's going to drip down from the ceiling and hit a can and it's going to sound like somebody's banging into something. Right. You know, but, but
2: the voices. Were...
0: It, when you start to hear the voices, that's a little bit more.
1: That is really creepy. But we, that's I mean, really we don't cool, know. Though.
0: It could be it could be something that's really totally explainable. Right. We it, just
2: can't find the source of it or yeah, an explainable source.
0: There could be some reason why you know the water treatment plant is uh, behind it. Uh, the UMass station, the ocean, uh, uh, maritime station, is in front of it, so it could be that maybe there are some voices happening in those buildings that are carrying through. Uh, maybe there, because you know, we'll hear it in the daytime. We'll also hear it at night when we're in there. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's something as, as easy to explain as that, or maybe it's just the fact that when you're sitting there in the dark, and everybody's silent, that silence becomes so deafening that you start to hear things. In the silence, could
1: it's, be, it's but all possible. that place has always been like really creepy. It's always creeped me out. Even as far as back as being in high school, I've gone down there with ex-boyfriends and whatever, and <laughs> telling
2: stories of the ex-boyfriend <laughs> that you're talking about. Yeah. Oh dear lord! Walking from that house down to the oh yes, the playground. Yeah. but I was saying that I used to go down there, and nobody really knew what I would do, and everybody would be you know hanging out of the playground area, and I would completely freak out and see things and I couldn't tell anybody I'd just be like, sorry guys, I gotta go home. Because that's why
1: we always had to leave early, right?
2: (laughs) So it's it's a it's a creepy place. It is a creepy place. It's kinda
1: always creeped me out and I know for a fact a lot of creepy, unexplainable things have gone on there because Um, People have told me, like, they've gone into these forts, and there's, like, weird writing on the walls. Oh, yeah. We found
2: plenty of that.
0: Yeah, actually. Crazy stuff. I took a picture when we were there last summer filming New England Legends for PBS. There was new graffiti in this room that we call the Demon Room because somebody spray-painted a big demon in the the dead center of Milliken. And when we were in there for for the shooting last summer, it was last August, somebody had added a little bit more ominous graffiti you know this the big demon that somebody drew it looked like somebody goofing around this other stuff looked like it meant something something negative something evil not right and so we took a photo of it with the idea being like we're going to show this to some people that we know that know demonology that know Satanism maybe they can let us know if there's anything to it and if we should really be worried and three of us took pictures of it nobody we all looked at the photo when we were in there and then when we left nobody had the photo anymore which was really strange, uh, but then when we took the photos the other day, everybody checked when we got out of there, and everybody's photos, that was awesome. Wow. Everybody's photos were fine. So I don't know if it was just something like, you know, maybe it was something about the moisture in the air that day, it did something to our phones. I don't know. Uh, you never know. But it was, uh, it's, I mean, Matt, you've been in Milliken, right? Have you? Have you uh, I have, me? yep. And you, I mean, I know you're not somebody to... to you know sit there and immediately think that things are ghosts but you got to admit when you go in there that place is just creepy it is creepy and it's kind of dangerous too <laughs>
3: just super a dangerous
0: bit. <laughs> so. But it, it's awesome. There that, is an air of danger going but through. It, but that, does that kind of put you up on your haunches a little bit more, you feel? Like knowing that, hey, any time I turn the corner, not only could I maybe come face to face with you know Satan, but I could fall down this hole. It could be a hobo or something. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, that's what I said. I was more afraid of the living than the dead. And just so everybody out there knows that are listening to us, we yeah. went in with no permission. No the
0: hobos that are listening as well. Oh, of course. Uh, yes, we are We are number one in the hobo <laughs> ratings book.
2: <laughs> of course. Um, we went in with permission. Yes. It is illegal to go in there without permission.
0: Yes, but that's why we were going in there, so that hopefully we can set something up that will get people in there. Legally. For the chance to check it out. Are
1: we talking about the building behind all the forts, that big building that's right there, that's like kind of closed down? Um,
2: it's the last one, I think, right?
0: Like, yeah, if we're talking about if, if... Now that we should be giving it away to people that are like, oh, where, where do I go? Uh, yeah. But if you... <laughs>
2: You know when you you go into
0: the complex, you have the military museum. Yes. And then you have those little buildings that you're thinking of. Those are called batteries. So there's Battery Walcott, and then I forget the names of the other batteries that are along the way. And then the big main stone building right on the water, that's Fort Rodman. Yep. So, and then Fort Tabor, the outline of where Fort Tabor was is directly across from that. You go all the way down the path. Okay. Toward, around Um, the water treatment plant, back toward... West Rodney French, in that direction, there is, dug out of the side of a hill, there's another battery, and that was, like, the big main battery, where they kept all the ammunitions.
1: Okay, All, yep.
0: all the munitions. It's creepy. So... Yeah,
1: that whole entire place creeps me out. Even, like, walking down where they built the, um, you know, the pier or whatever, mm-hmm. that's still, like... Even walking down there, I get like an eerie well, feeling. Just
0: last year, somebody was killed there. I just so. don't
1: like it. I'm not a fan of it. <laughs>
0: that whole that whole area definitely has an energy. And we'll we'll let you know as soon as we can what it was that we had yes. planned for for going on there. But I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be pretty unique and pretty cool. I think it's so. it's gonna be like legend trips on steroids. I love it. So Sounds stay good. Stay tuned for all of that and stay tuned for more Spooky South Coast. We'll be back in just a moment. It'll be the debut of Lauren Awesome in the week in weird. So stay tuned for that. Coming up on the new fourteen twenty WBSM Spooky South Coast. welcome back to spooky south coast tim weisberg here along with stephanie burke matt costa and lauren awesome that's gonna be it's your, me do we you still you, you're just gonna keep that air of mystery we gave your real name away last week. You can give my name away. It that's all right. We'll stick with that. Nicknames work. The Silent Assassin has stuck for a decade now. Science Advisor Matt Moniz, that's just not as catchy. But no. that's all right. He's right. He's, uh, He's—he's—he's off tonight anyway for the holidays. So uh, we, we could ca- come up with a whole bunch of nicknames for him. That would be so much more catchy. But we'll, we'll stick with Science Advisor for now. And, uh, you know, bringing Lauren aboard here, she's somebody who is studying communications. We, we wanted to give her the opportunity to get on the air.
1: And I'm definitely thankful for that.
0: Well, don't be thankful yet. <laughs> Just wait and see what are the other things that we have that we're going to make you do. I don't mind. Ghost bait, gopher. All kinds of things.
1: Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. If, if,
0: the, if, if the frozen yoga place wasn't closed, you'd already be down. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Oh, you mean you want me to be one of those people. Hey, it's all credit, right? It all <laughs> it helps It is, you. right?
0: So, but one of the jobs that we have you coming in here to do is we're going to have you do the weekend Weird each week because part of the problem with us is that we kind of slack off on some of the things that we want to do. We've had so many great ideas for the show over the years, and we just can't follow up on a lot of them. So one of the segments that we've done in the past that always gets a great response is the Week in Weird. And people always want us to, to do it and to bring it back and – we always forget to do it. Sometimes we'll get stories together for it and then not go with them. Sometimes we'll completely slip our minds to do it. So that's why we're putting it all in Lauren's hands. That's the, right. The most You're highly so rated segment of the show, and it's all up to you now. So, Are you sure you want me to do this? Well, we have no choice now. So with that <laughs> said, it's time for us to get a little
3: weird. More bad news. <laughs> and well, i got a great show for you today with some wonderful Ooh, I feel I feel so very weird
0: <laughs> The Week and Weird So now taking the reins of the Week and the Weird for first time for the first time Lauren Awesome, take it away.
1: Alrighty guys. Well, for this week in Week in Weird, I got a few stories for you guys. Alrighty. Well, First one is that I found from Huffington Post. Giant penis sprays confetti to promote safe sex. Come again! Alright, so this story was kind of funny. Um, actually, stuff kind of helped me out with this one. <laughs> so you can yell at her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you're always you're always off to a good start when it's a penis story.
1: Right. Obviously. Off, yeah, I mean come on now. Start so up, what's, the bang, it's yeah. fourth of drill. Give,
0: give us kind of the gist of the story. So
1: um the story comes from Norway and um, there's a man with uh he wears a giant penis costume uh, and he ejaculates confetti on people in public.
0: Just just as a celebratory measure? <laughs> just
1: runs up to them randomly. Is and- he a politician? <laughs> that is actually really a and I won't say why. <laughs> um,
0: just, if you feel the need to laugh, just pull the microphone back. Here. Steph knows <laughs> why.
1: Okay, anyways.
0: <laughs> this is getting really inside. So this guy goes, goes around Norway, dresses a, a giant penis, and, and shooting out confetti all over everybody. Yes. And and that's it? He doesn't no. have anything to say?
1: Well, <laughs> okay. Well, the cause of this... No um, apologies. <laughs> he's just like, nope. hey guys! <laughs> yeah.
4: Hand a towel? No.
1: no. Um, so, basically, um, the cause is for practicing safe sex and to promote a commercial against... This guy dresses up, does a commercial. It's for STD awareness.
0: <laughs> well, that... Uh, I mean, I I guess that kind of makes sense, but, you know, you would think, like, if you're going to be promoting safe sex, he would be walking around doing that, and then somebody would come over and, like, throw a giant condom on him. That would hammer the message home.
1: It says that the commercial is intended to highlight the fun and, quote-unquote, naughtiness of sex.
0: Yeah, well, I'd say so.
1: Many over the age of 30, though, didn't like this. They thought it was tacky and idiotic.
0: Well, I think people maybe under the age of 30 when I thought the same thing.
1: So basically they're aiming the story. Um, <laughs> well, this... Aiming. Pr- <laughs> Watch, <laughs> Watch where you point that story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all I can think of was eat, be with some butt head and us just standing here. <laughs> um, it's aimed at, you know, age 16 to 25.
0: Well, I, I see I worry now because if some of those people don't have any sexual experience... You know, the, the women, I could just picture, you know, they're like, hey, whatever you want me to do, man. You know, like, <laughs> so we're not going to go all the way, but I'll do something. And then she's totally expecting, like, confetti's going to come out. I you know, know. Like, like, like imagine, like,
1: like right. just parading around in the streets with a penis costume on, and then all of a sudden you just let go confetti on something.
0: <laughs> I actually saw earlier today, there was a p- photo going around of, I forget what country it was in, but there's, uh, they have a mascot they call Scroats. Who promotes oh testicular cancer awareness and it's literally like a scrotum walking around with a face on it.
1: Oh God. Awesome. Yeah. It's the I, face is what I, makes I, it. I
0: kinda wanted to get one of those costumes. Are there are googly eyes. There's not googly eyes, <laughs> no. It really that would make but it. you could probably it really customize should. it. <laughs> Alright, I think we have time for maybe one more story, Lauren.
1: Um, the next one that I have is um, The Dinosaur ch- Turtle. That freaked everyone out is an alligator snapping turtle. And this also comes from Huffington Post. Wait, that's
0: a real thing? An alligator snapping yeah, turtle? Yeah, it
1: is. Actually, um, I'll get more in depth Sure, yeah, But, yeah. um, so this is a creature that looks like a miniature dino. It's complete with spikes and a pointy beak. It crawled out of a river in the a Russian Far East. Freaks people out. Um... It freaked everybody out. Who obviously saw the images on social media. People were like, what the hell is this thing? Um, it was in the banks of the Amar River near the Lin... I can't really pronounce this, so bear That's with me. Right. Just- Linuskoy.
2: Linuskoy. It's okay. We probably don't have many Russians listening. Yeah, so Linuskoy just- Settlement.
1: Um, the Siberian Times um, is the one the people that went over to try to get a glimpse of this and photograph it. So they said, um, when we saw it, we did not even realize that it was a turtle.
0: Uh, it looks kind of like, more like an armadillo, really. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Pretty strange looking. It's not, not something you'd want to take home and put in your aquarium. If, it, if it's mean, it's even worse.
2: <laughs> yeah, not
1: really anything, but... um they said basically, um, you know the Super Mario Brothers? You know the little turtle dude?
0: Sure, Koopa yeah. Troopers. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's that's what this turtle is.
0: It looks like a Koopa Trooper had a had a baby with a buzzy beetle. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's pretty scary. I don't
0: know what you're talking about, you Mario nerd.
1: I just thought it was kind of funny that um, there is such a thing that looks like something from
0: the Mario Brothers. Well, now I want to be really careful when when I stop on my road and I see a turtle crossing the road and I go to try to help it. How like I'm going to be, be really careful cuz that happens quite a lot on Listen, my way home.
2: On 105, I um I picked up a snapping turtle and I helped it across the road.
0: Did it snap it at was you?
2: gigantic. I don't know how I didn't get my arm chopped off. That's right. But I didn't know it was a snapping turtle at the time. She felt bad for. It, it was actually uh Dave Francis had said something to me at the time like, "Hey, uh you know those things can reach all the way back to their tail, right?" I'm like, "Nope." I had no idea, but I know for next time.
0: Yeah, see, I usually, I, if I see that it's a snapper, I just push it with a stick. Step kind of just like move it out of the road. And you like know, they always. I just
2: picked it up and I had turtle smell all over me. They and always make neuronal.
0: a move to snap the stick. You know, I like actually they, remember they her or.
2: Facebook status. She said yeah. that he wasn't too He wasn't he was pleased. pleased with me. He
1: wasn't too happy. Well, he was, but was he'll probably seen later, is what I said. Yes, he'll make me later. That's, we're animal lovers, so we'll do anything for animals because we're crazy like that.
0: Including dressing up in a giant penis costume in a. Throwing confetti all over them.
1: I don't know. I don't know if it. I if it came with like a title of like winning a million dollars. Yeah, probably. All
0: right. If well, that does well. it for the week and weird <laughs> for this week. Uh, we encourage you to send us stories. You can tweet them to us uh, using the the Twitter hashtag week and weird, or send them to us on Twitter at spooky sc, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll give you a shout out if we use the story. Coming up, we'll have Ken DeCosta from Rise Up Paranormal. He'll be telling us about the Ocean State Paracon, everything that you can expect from one of the premier New England Paracons coming up July 18th and 19th in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Stay tuned. We'll have more on that and so much more here on Spooky South Coast. south coast tim weisberg along with stephanie lauren and matt costa and we have joining us on the line the founder and director of rise up paranormal out of rhode island the one the only ken DeCosta. good evening ken how are you
3: i'm doing very well tonight happy fourth of july to everybody there
0: to you as well and we're counting on you to bring the fireworks ken because we we uh, well, it's illegal in massachusetts how, how are they legal in rhode island
3: uh, aerials are not. However, um, I have to tell you that if you hear any huge explosions uh, during the phone call, we're not under siege here or anything like that. But one of my neighbor apparently has disregarded that, so uh, my office is kind of in the sun porch out here, so if you should hear a huge boom, um, we'll just go with it.
0: Hey, I I have it happen in my neighborhood too. It drives me crazy, uh, but you know w- what can you do? You gotta have one night where you can kind of let some steam off and, and let some fireworks off. So we'll we'll give them a pass because we really don't want people doing that uh, during Ocean State Paracon. We want everybody to feel completely safe. And and how can they not with you know the great setup that you have and you will have uh, just some of the top names in the paranormal coming and it's all for a great cause. Uh, now this
3: is what the fourth year that you've done this. That's correct. This is the fourth annual event.
0: And every year you've picked a different charity to work with, and this year you're working with Wounded Warriors.
3: That's correct. Um, It's uh, something we discuss. Typically, as one ends, we start to make up our minds, uh, well, you know, what do we want to do this for next year? And um, it was one of these uh, organizations that touches all of us. You know, a lot of people have family and friends that are involved in the military. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and um, so this year we decided um, at the end of last year's event that uh, this is just such a tremendous project and a chance for us to do a little something for the people who keep us safe.
0: And when you are picking these charities, I mean, obviously, you know, you want to pick something that's a good and worthy cause. But does does Wounded Warriors have a connection to to anybody that's in Rise Up directly?
3: Um. Directly, no. I mean, we've got some people who have served in um, in the armed forces. But um, when we were kicking this around last year, there's a gentleman, Joff McGarigal, who's part of the TAPS home team, who since has uh, moved down south. But when we were doing some cases with them, talking to Joff about this, um, it had sort of came up, and um, the things that he started telling me about in terms of the organization and what they did um, and what they do for these people. It kind of compelled me to read a little bit more about it and educate myself a lot more about the program. Of course, you know, we've all heard about it before, but um, to really start getting into the nuts and bolts of this turned out to be a no-brainer that we definitely want to do something to support such a worthy cause.
0: Now, when you started organizing the first one four years ago, yourself and members of your group had been to other paracons. You kind of saw what worked and what didn't. What were some of the key things that you wanted to make sure that you brought with you uh, in developing Ocean State?
3: Well, one of the things that we wanted to do right from the get-go was if we were going to go through the trouble of putting this on, because you know there was an absence of this type of thing in Rhode Island, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it had been tried before, and normally... You know, somebody would put something on, and they lasted about a year or so. But um, one of the first things we wanted to do was do it for charity. Um, whatever, in whatever form that was, we wanted to make sure that we could reach as many of these organizations on a local level as possible. But what we were trying to do is make this as laid back as possible and um, make our guests uh, very accessible, and whether you are iconic in this uh, in this paranormal field or if you're a group that had just started five weeks ago you know we wanted everybody to be on uh, on very equal ground you know so uh, you could meet some of these people and ask questions and um, to do so in um, a more of an informal atmosphere than um, than some of these other things that you know, some of the other conferences that uh, that People attend throughout the country. We just wanted to uh, really make this as as countrified and as accessible as we possibly could, and um, I think we've been able to do that over the last four years.
0: Yeah, because when you go to some of these other conventions and you're walking into you know like a large convention center and everybody's sitting in a row with their tables and and they've got all their stuff out for sale and it has more of, a, of an atmosphere of you know kind of just. Uh, say hi and move on you know and and, and there's a big crowd behind you and, it, and it, it gets very tight at times whereas this you know being uh, a lot of open air on the outside you have the chance to kind of freely roam around and and it just automatically makes it more laid back and, and people can spend the time to actually have a conversation as opposed to just a, a couple of hellos and a handshake
3: right sure I mean well we started inside our first two years and then last year we had this brainstorm where we wanted to kind of do this as a fe- in a festival type atmosphere, so um, we got a hold of the Assembly Theater in Harrisville, Rhode Island, who were uh, more than happy to host this. They've been so accommodating and so generous. So what it was essentially is that all our guests and all our exhibitors, our vendors, will all be outside and they'll all be under tents, um, and the speakers will be inside this beautiful 300 seat theater. Uh, that was built in 1933, air conditioned theater. It, it really is lovely. It's, it's amazing. It is, it is a high end, you know, neighborhood theater where, you know, people come in and put on plays and acts come in and everything like that. And we were just blown away with this place. So in doing so, I think, yeah, I think it definitely encouraged that type of laid back atmosphere. You know, come in your most hideous Hawaiian shirt and, a pair of shorts and flip-flops, uh, because this a, is located right on the bank of a beautiful lake with a waterfall. So, Ken,
0: can, can you said that in a derogatory way, but you just described the outfit that you're wearing pretty much every time I see you.
3: Yeah, that's pretty much, uh, you know, my 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 thing, you know. So I'm just trying to like set a trend here. There you go. More than anything. <laughs>
0: But, I mean, that's automatically, I mean, you know that when you're going to something like this and you're having the chance to to spend some time with people, not just for one day but for two, you know, that's when really friendships and networking can develop. And it becomes more than just, hey, I got to meet this person. It becomes, I got to become friendly with this person. And now sure. we made a lasting connection that will benefit, benefit both of us going forward.
3: Yeah, and I think that's the thing. You know, like most of these things, we really try to emphasize um, – diversity in these things and um, in terms of people in the metaphysical physical field, uh, people who maybe are more geared toward uh, the paranormal investigations and, you know, we have people that are going to discuss you the UFO phenomenon and the cryptozoological angles, so um, there's something a little bit there for everybody. Um, so maybe if ghosts and hauntings aren't your thing, maybe there's something else that, that interests you. But uh, in doing so, um, you really do have a, a, an opportunity to sit and talk to some of these people. And um, you know, as much fun as this is, we like the idea that people can come in and actually really exchange ideas and um, get together with like-minded people.
0: Now, of course, uh, that being said, this year you've put together a fantastic lineup, as you always do, but uh, it it seems like this year you've got a a, a good mix of people that can talk about a variety of different approaches, both about their own research and where they've been able to take their research. You have some people that have been on television, so they can kind of share how that affects the world of the paranormal. You have some other people that have been kind of boots to the ground doing this uh, in the trenches for a number of years, and and it's going to be a great cross-section for people to learn from.
3: Yeah, and I think we have people who have crossed over into both angles. There are people like, um, Shannon Sylvia, who, uh, we all remember from the old Ghost Hunters International show, as well as Joe Chin. Um, I'm not sure how much Shannon does in terms of investigating, but Joe does with us in Rise Up and, uh, with the Taps home team. So they've seen both angles of this. You know, they've seen the TV thing. They've lived it. Um, what that's like to, uh, to go on location and film but at the same time keeping their feet firmly planted on the ground in terms of what got them there to begin with, and that's the investigative point of this. Um, You know, and in having people that have had their own experience, Chris DeCesire, who um, has written a book on this, uh, Andrea Perrin, of course, you know, House of Darkness, House of Light trilogy that um, translated into the movie The Conjuring. And um, all these people have had their own experiences, and come from different backgrounds, but they're firmly rooted in um, something that they're very passionate about. Um, So, again, it's a great opportunity to come and meet these folks and see what makes each other tick.
0: And and now, of course, it wouldn't be Rhode Island and and the Ocean State Paracon if you didn't involve people like Dustin Perry, Joe Chin, who we know from the Ghost Hunters TV program, but are also well known to people in this area for a long time that are involved in the paranormal, as well as Keith and Sandra Johnson and Carl Johnson. You know, they're really kind of the, the paranormal hub. Of, of Rhode Island, but also, you know, John Zaffis is somebody who has spent a lot of time in this area, you know, only being a stone throw away in Connecticut for so long. You know, he's, he's somebody who has become part of, you know, the New England paranormal scene. Actually, he was pretty much one of the uh, forefathers of that scene. So you have a lot of people that while they, you might recognize them from national TV and national television exposure, you know, they're New Englanders and Rhode Islanders at heart.
3: Sure, and I think the thing that I respect more than anything and why I love All the people you just mentioned here, Keith and Sandra, Carl, John, um, bear in mind that these people were doing this long before, you know, the paranormal craze hit and it was the cool thing to do and everybody was rushing out um, for the thrill of the hunt and buying all their, you know, gizmos and everything like that. Um, You know, these people were flying by the seat of their pants when they started this. You know, there, there were no manuals or anything like this. There weren't any shows. There there wasn't anything to copy it was pretty much trial and error with all of them and they embraced it so you know it's great to have these people there because um i really look at them as really iconic people here for no other reason is that they've been doing it so long and um they bring that type of experience with them so i mean i I love things
0: well, and are, you all, are you all right, Lauren? We we had a little bit of an accident there. Well, kind just of so put my head off. All right. <laughs> it's okay. As long as you're gonna make it, we'll we'll call first aid if we have to. There's a first aid kit in the bathroom. But, uh, when, when you're also putting this together, uh, you know, you, like you said, you have the opportunity to be at such a great location as uh-huh. the Assembly Theater, which, you know, has its own history and brings its own story to part of this. And it's not that far away from the former home uh, of one of your featured guests, uh, Andrea Perrin from, who people will know from the true story of The Conjuring and, and the author of House of Darkness, House, House of Light.
3: Yeah, I mean, literally, um, you know, without divulging too much about it, it's literally right around the corner. Um, last year, when we um, held this at the theater for the first year, it just sort of was everything coming together um, just at the right time. The Conjuring had been released. In fact, last year marked the one-year anniversary for the uh, release of the movie. And here's Andrea coming in, which is essentially a homecoming. And the movie had just hit, and it's made like half a billion dollars worldwide. Um, so the theme of this, really, with uh, John, Andrea, Keith, uh, Carl, and myself um, doing our roundtable discussion later on, was um, uh, all about the house, really, because each and each one of us had investigated that house at a different time. Uh, starting back in the 1970s, so it was—it uh, was, you know, I got to tell you, not really planned that way, but we just kind of looked at each other and said, "Oh my God, do you know what we have here?" So we went on to kind of have uh, a discussion about, um, you know, all of our experiences there and uh, what going in meant to uh, meant to us. So as it was very gratifying, it was a great uh, homecoming for uh, for Andy. And
0: when you are discussing this, obviously it's one of those cases that's become uh, folklore and legend for a lot of people, and and when they get the chance to hear from Andrea the true story, the stuff that didn't even make it into the movie, you know, and, and she's pretty free to admit uh, that a lot of the stuff that's in that movie was, was Hollywood, a lot of it was stuff that they kind of had floating around for another story that they kind of applied to this case, uh, but that... You know, when she tells you what actually went on, and when you hear what actually that family endured, you could see how it wouldn't translate so well to film, but yet it's going to terrify you when you hear it.
3: No, I mean, she's quick to tell you that um, the producers of the film wanted to uh, stray from the original story because it was so fantastic. Um, They were afraid that uh, it would be a little bit too frightening. Um, because the story, you know, the, the Conjuring is actually told from the viewpoint of Ed and Lorraine Warren and not so much the family. So, of course, it's based on the book, obviously. But the true story, if you've ever had an opportunity, I know you've had Andrea on the show before, but if you ever had an opportunity um, and you haven't read the books, which if you haven't, shame on you, you need to go out and get these things and read the trilogy by all means. But uh, if you've had a chance to talk to her, and she tells you the real story of what went on there, it's it's fascinating on so many different type of levels. And uh, what's interesting is the name of the book, House of Darkness, House of Light. Because there's an inter- interesting juxtaposition there, because to this day, with everything that went on there, um it's still kind of heart-rendering for them that they had to leave that home. And if given their druthers, they would move back in a minute. So, you know, it, it wasn't all horror and terrible. There was, uh, there was some enlightenment that went on for that family as well. And uh, it's just uh, it's a fascinating read.
0: And and you know of course that doesn't make for a good ghost story for a Hollywood movie, so the, the after effects are something that they, they really don't want to explore, but that's the question that everybody's left thinking and wondering at the end of the movies. Well what happened? What went on from there? And and, and you can get the full true story from Andrea directly.
3: Right, exactly. So, you know, it's but the movie's kinda left open ended, uh, because let's face it, movies now. You're always leaving it that way for the possibility of a franchise sure. to to, uh, to take place and I guess that did to some degree with the uh, movie Animal. right and i'm I'm always teasing andrea about this and and she'll agree i it's just absolutely the worst movie that <laughs> I have seen what a follow up to uh to an enormously successful movie. See, and I was surprised, uh,
0: because I thought the natural follow-up to that was going to be a a new take on Amityville, because they hinted at that toward the end of the movie, and I thought that that was going to be an interesting way to go, but uh, they probably had some legal hang-ups with the fact that there's, like, three other Amityville movies in production.
3: Oh, yeah, I mean, there were legal hang-ups just to make The Conjuring, Um, you know, which, um, you know, Andrea, I, I would always let her speak on that, but You know, um, even in getting the third book published, there were, you know, what happened was, you know, the first book, nobody knows who you are. You write it, you throw it out there. As soon as The Conjuring became successful, you know, every lawyer at Warner Brothers and, you know, everybody wanted their piece of this. You can't say this and you can't do that. And, you know, this is the way these things go. Well,
0: Again, you'll have the chance to hear the whole story from Andrea Perrin directly, uh, as well as John Zaffis. Amy Bruni is going to be there on Saturday. Dustin Parry will be there on Saturday. Shannon Sylvia will be there on Saturday. Joe Chin, Krista Chesery, Tiffany Rice, uh, an old friend of the program here. Uh, George Lopez, of course, serving as Master of Ceremonies. No, not the... Lopez tonight, guy. Thank God, because he's yeah, annoying. Better. But uh, George Lopez uh, from Dead Air Radio, as well as Keith and Sandra Johnson, Carl Johnson, uh, Rosalind Baum will be there. The Gettysburg Ghost Girls. This is a huge lineup of uh, of great people, and you can check it all out for just ten dollars a day, or fifteen dollars for the weekend. Kids under twelve are five dollars, and those with a military ID are only five dollars. It is happening July eighteenth and nineteenth, with all the proceeds going to the Wounded Warriors Project, and uh, and also the Assembly Theater. Can I know that you were. We're putting together some ghost hunts of that, kind of after hours, uh, for for the uh, Paracon, and, and that's sold out now?
3: Oh, that's sold out within two days. Um, what we decided to do this year is make it a true weekend event. So on Friday night, we're actually going to open this up with a little bit of a bowling tournament. We have rented the lanes at uh, Cranston uh, AMF Lanes. Um, and everybody that wants information can go to our Facebook page, you know, Punch in Ocean State Paracon, and all this information will be there. But a lot of the celebrities are going to come bowling on Friday night. We hope we can get as many people there as possible, and um, it's a great way to, to kick this off. There will be food, and, of course, you know, there will be a bar available, and normally we just have a hell of a time there. So, um, And, again, all proceeds for that will go to the Wounded Warrior Project, too, so. Uh, what we did is, because we've investigated the theater before um, and found it amazingly to live up to the stories that everybody's told us, um, we offered an investigation of the theater for a limited amount of people Saturday night within two days of that sold out.
0: Uh, well, the, the bowling tournament sounds a lot of fun, but uh, that you're saying that's happening Friday night?
3: Yeah, that the bowl, bowling will be on Friday night.
0: A- after sundown, I assume. Yes. I, um, I I can't do it. I don't. Um, uh, I can't do that's it.
3: That's going to be from like uh, eight to twelve.
0: Yeah, I can't do it. I I don't roll on Shabbos. Oh, okay. So no.
3: uh, <laughs> it's too bad because you know it's just you know it really just ties the room together so well. <laughs>
0: but, well, I think we all have to go to that bowling tournament anyway, just to have a few drinks and all the big Lebowski lines that will come out. Uh, so yeah. that's it's amazing how many of them paranormal investigators actually know you know you think we would know all the lines from ghostbusters and you know all the horror movies but no we all know big lebowski like you wouldn't believe uh yeah. so, but when you are uh, having a, an, an event like this it's important to have good bonding time for all the people that are involved with the event as well you know all these people that are coming to speak and, and be kind of the featured guests they get a chance it's like a big family reunion for them as well
3: oh it is for everybody it really is that's why i was so happy to have you uh because we consider you part of the family, Tim, and I'm glad the schedule's lined up that you'll be able to make it uh, this year as well. Um, I also wanted to mention that during the course of the day on Saturday and Sundays, inside the theater, uh, every hour on the hour, there'll be a lecture given, a presentation by a lot of our guests. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's great having this. And, um, you know, to my amazement, I'll never cease to be amazed Considering the humble roots this started in, um, it really has become a destination, um, for a lot of people. The Ocean State Paracon has, you know, I mean, it's kind of gotten around as, um, you know, uh, it's, it's well thought of. And we're very humbled with that to the point that, you know, people are approaching me, you know, uh, people that, uh, that, uh, you know, have a certain level of celebrity in the paranormal saying, hey, you know, if you, you know, if you're looking for a speaker, you know, um, you no, know, we'd love to come, and it just blows me away, uh, because again, uh, we had, we didn't have our sights set that high. We just wanted to do a little bit in the community, but
0: right, and it's mean, not I like always, people, it's not like people want to go to this because they're looking for a paycheck either. Everybody's donating their time for this cause.
3: It's amazing. It's amazing, Tim. All of these people that you have just mentioned are traveling here on their own dime. They're making their own travel arrangements. Um, they're putting themselves up in a hotel so as you know to maximize the amount of dollars that are going to the charity and i i'm just incredibly gratified and so humbled when um, you know that that these people would do something like that for us and and it's just amazing i cannot possibly express my thanks and my gratitude um for what they're doing for this event. But it just goes to show you if you provide people just a venue and an opportunity to do something good, um, they will come. They will come and they will do something good, and it's just amazing. I, uh, and uh, I could never thank them enough for this.
0: And it's one of those things, too, where, you know, when you can come down and let your hair down and spend some time and have some fun with friends, that makes it all the more worth it. But the fact that we're getting the chance to educate people, and and I'm excited about the talk that I'm going to give, and Ken gave us all complete freedom in whatever topics we wanted to choose, Uh, and, and I chose talking about, I think the actual title I came up with is It's Okay to Be Scared getting back to the thrill of the chill because i hear from so many paranormal investigators out there that well you you can't be scared you have to maintain a professional uh atmosphere you have to maintain a professional attitude but i think it's okay to get back to what it is that kind of bothers us a little bit about wandering around in the dark so i'm going to talk about that myself and i've seen some of the topics that some of the other folks are going to be covering and it's it's going to be such a wide gamut of topics that people are going to want to sit there and listen to every one of these speakers throughout the course of the day, and it's it's going to be a, a wide variety of discussions uh, with some people who really have some unique takes on some of these topics.
3: Yeah, I mean, John Zappas is going to do a talk on um, haunted objects, which of course is his, you know, that's his realm. Um, oftentimes, John will do like a Q&A, but he's going to be more... Um, presentation-specific this year in talking about these things. And Andrea Perron is going to discuss the UFO phenomena, if you can believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, um, there's an incredibly diverse amount of people here. Um, And I think there's a little something for everyone. And um, we're going to end the two days, actually, with an hour-and-a-half roundtable discussion on Sunday. And this is going to be pretty interesting, I think, because we're going to solicit questions from the general public. Everybody who comes through, we're going to have some index cards, and we're going to tell them, fill out a question. You know, what do you want to know? And then we'll select those questions that we find uh, aren't repetitive or are particularly compelling. And uh, we will have all of our guests that are there on Sunday on stage to give their take so it's really going to be free form it's going to be a very open a very open discussion on whatever it is that um, that uh the people the general public wants to know
0: Great, and that that's one of the things I'm looking the most forward to. Well, We'll talk more about this coming up uh, in the next hour. Ken, if you want to stick with us for a little bit, and sure. uh, we'll just have to take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk more about the Ocean State Paracon. Again, July 18th and 19th from 12 to 7 p.m. at the Assembly Theater in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Tickets are just $10 per day, $15 for the weekend. Kids under 12 are $5, and those with a military ID Only $5, and all the proceeds go to benefit the Wounded Warrior Project. So uh, hopefully everybody out there will make it out to the Paracon over the course of the weekend. I know there's a lot of things going on that weekend, but definitely stop by uh, and spend some time. You're going to end up not only uh, having a great time and learning some things, but making some good friends as well. Uh, So you definitely want to go and check that out. Again, if you want to find out more about it, Ken, they can go to uh, the Facebook page for the Ocean State Paracon. Uh, They can follow you on Twitter as well. Uh, which we have up on the screen on spooky tv and and really the best way to get into this event at this point is to just go and show up at the door right
3: sure i mean um, in, there's a link uh, for advanced sale tickets if you want to do that through eventbrite and all that information is there as well but You know, if you show up, you can pay at the gate.
0: Excellent. All right, well, we'll be back coming up after the news with more Spooky South Coast. We'll also take your calls as well, 508-996-0500. Back in a bit on Spooky South Coast. Well, back, Tim Weisberg, along with Stephanie Burke, the silent assassin Matt Costa, and Lauren Awesome as we go into (laughs) Hour 2 of Spooky South Coast. And uh, we are excited, by the way, you know, for for all of those who listen to us on WBSM and for all of those who watch us on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, we are also extremely honored. That each week this show is rebroadcast on the Dark Matter Radio Network, which was founded for the sole purpose of being the Internet home of Art Bell when he could return to the airwaves. And guess what? That date's coming up extremely soon. Like, really soon. So, uh, premiering on July 20th on the Dark Matter Digital Network will be Midnight in the Desert which will be featuring Art Bell. He is uh, making his return to the airwaves Monday through Friday, live, 9 p.m. to midnight Pacific, or midnight to 3 a.m. Eastern, happening every Monday through Friday, beginning June tw- uh, July 20th, on the Dark Matter Digital Network. If you want to find out more about this, all you have to do is go to artbell.com, which is where they have a lot of the updates uh, about art and as they're getting ready for the show, as well as the darkmatterdigitalnetwork.com. So for us, I mean, this is a dream come true. Art Bell is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this topic growing up. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to explore the strange and unusual because as much as I had an interest in all of this, it wasn't until I turned on the radio one night and I heard that magic gravelly voice coming through the airwaves (laughs) and, and, and bringing gravitas to these topics and making me feel like, hey, wait a minute. It's not so weird that I believe in this stuff, because here's this guy who sounds like a complete and total straight arrow, and he is talking about these topics. Of course. And that led to me feeling like, well, maybe I can be a little bit more open about my interest in this. And one of the things that I always said when we started doing this is, I don't want to try to be Art Bell and I don't think that I ever could be, and, and none of us can be, but I always want to try to follow in his footsteps and follow kind of the formula that he came up with, which is let the guests tell their story. Of course. yeah. Call them out maybe sometimes when you feel like you need to, but let everybody have their say, and let the audience go on the ride with you.
2: Healthy discussion on both sides.
0: And, and I'm so glad that Art's going to be taking us all on a ride again starting July 20th, Monday through Friday, Midnight to 3 a.m. here on the East, uh, midnight uh, 9 p.m. to midnight Pacific time. But it'll be broadcast live, and it's going to be all over the world on the Dark Matter Digital Network. So uh, if you want to go and find out more about that, you can find out. Now, the show, if you want to listen to the show, it's going to be free. You can tune in and listen to the show. But... If you'd like to be able to get the on-demand archives and and be able to ha- listen to old shows as well as have some other uh, cool, unique features that get you kind of direct access to art during the program, you can go to the Dark Matter website or to the ArtBell.com website and sign up for their subscription membership service, which is only $5 a month at the start. And those who get on board now, you'll be grandfathered in. So even if the price goes up, you'll still keep it at that $5 a month. So get on there, sign up. Uh, that way there, you'll never miss an episode of Midnight in the Desert, again, premiering July 20th, and just go to darkmatterdigitalnetwork.com or artbell.com to find out more. And guys, I don't know about you, but like I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just knowing that... Do you that feel
2: like you're a little kid again?
0: I do, because listen, r- as of right now, we air on the Dark Matter Digital Network on Thursday nights from 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's when we're on the air. On on that network, Art Bell is going to be on midnight to three a.m. Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. So you know, Art's going to be going into the time that we're on. So right. what if we just get bumped down, and what if we follow Art Bell on Thursday nights? That's My God, cool. that would be
1: dream come true a dream come true for sure. Can I ask who Art Bell is?
0: <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> you can just leave now for not knowing. <laughs> he is a radio legend. I mean, he they call him the master for a reason. He's the guy that brought paranormal talk to broadcast radio. Oh, okay. Now, there were others cool. that did it in the past. There was a guy named Long John Nebel who used to do it back in the 50s and 60s. And I think Art kind of picked up a lot of that mantle. But he was the guy who, when he got the overnight talk show, said, well, we're going to start exploring some of these topics. And he made it acceptable to talk about them. And we wouldn't That's have awesome. the world of the paranormal that we have today with all these great guests that we can pull in if it wasn't for Art kind of carrying that torch at the beginning. So... That's pretty cool. And, and if you have not listened to any of his old shows, listen. go back, look on YouTube. There's uh, there's whole, if you go to the TuneIn um, app on your phone, if you download the TuneIn app, which is where you can listen to Midnight in the Desert as well, uh, on the Dark Matter Network, you can hear it over that TuneIn app. If you download that, there's whole channels that people are just playing old Art Bell shows. And the discussions will just take you to places that you never thought your mind could go.
2: That's awesome. So people I, in the paranormal that it. just tell me all the time, they just listen to reruns of Art Bell shows constantly. They it's, love him. You'll,
0: yep. you'll just keep learning something new every single time. So looking forward to that again on July 20th. And uh, before that, of course, we will have the Ocean State Paracon, which is happening July 18th and 19th. And, and Ken DaCosta of Rise Up Paranormal is the organizer of that. And can I get to assume that Art Bell had some kind of an influence on you as well, that he must have you know, been something that you listened to years and years ago?
3: Oh, certainly did. I mean, you know, in every endeavor, there's a template, isn't there? You know, whether that's uh, musically or artistically or um, in the media, there's always somebody out there who seems to be the template. Um, And Art Bell certainly was that for me. And you put it, you put it better than I ever could. You know, you're just going around the dials and, you know, you're a kid and you have an interest in this type of thing. And all of a sudden... You catch something like this and go, wow, you know, what am I listening to? And I would spend many, many hours, um, listening to, uh, listening to art, listening to his guests, listening to the most fantastic stories. So, um, congratulations to you guys. You know, what a jump for, uh, and an opportunity for you. And, uh, I must say, you know, with the effort you guys have put in and the work you've put in and, the type of quality of show you have, uh, it couldn't happen to anybody better. So Thank kudos you. for you. I wish you the best of luck.
0: Thank you. And and so now when you're listening to those shows, were you already, uh, you know, dipping your toes into these waters? Or, or was this something that was kind of building up in your mind that, you know, we can get out and do this and, and we can get out there and be hands-on with the subject of the paranormal?
3: Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I was already in my teenage years, my early 20s. Uh, You know, it wasn't that long ago that art went off the air. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was pretty uh, far along as far as, you know, married and kids and stuff like that. But uh, it kind of inspired me to, um, um, you know, be a little bit more hands-on with this stuff. Because like most people, you know, I I was listening to ghost stories and reading about accounts that people had. And, you know, always fascinated by it. you know, keeping one eye uh, skeptical and another one like, wow, this is pretty amazing stuff. Um, but I think art, along with a few other people, were the, um, the catalyst for me that wanted to go out and actually talk to people who've had these experiences and visit these type of locations, you know. Um, that was sort of the impetus to me that you know, wow, people are, are doing these things, you know, they're going out, they're, they're, there are actually people who travel and go interview these people and see if they can experience something themselves. And um, the first inkling I had that that was even possible were um, was, was during Art Bell's show when he would have these investigators or, you know, so forth and so on. Um, these people would come on, people like Hans Holzer and, you know, some of the real, um, some of the real icons of, uh, this field, you know, our predecessors, guys who were doing this long before, as I say, it became the cool thing to do.
0: And, and you hear them and you think to yourself, wow, I wonder how you get involved in something like that. How, <laughs> how can I actually do that myself?
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just sort of like, um, you know, there was nothing other than, um, just going out and sitting in some of these places, because in everybody's neighborhood, you know, um, we all go through this where, you know, you have a conversation with somebody. It's like, oh, you know, so what do you do for your hobbies? And, you know, I'm always like, you know, be careful what you ask for. No, no, really, I want to know. And I so I tell them, and for the most part, people say, wow, that is really cool, you know. Um, And even the more skeptical people who might roll their eyes at you a little bit and say, like, really, you know, within... Five minutes of telling you their ghost story. Sure. Something that either happened to them or their aunt lived in a house or whether was a, there was a creepy house in their neighborhood or in their town. Um, everybody has a ghost story. You know, whether it's legends or just exaggerations or a grain of truth in it, everybody has one. So, um
0: See, and I've developed, you know, I've developed a little bit of a trick myself. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, somebody has been around like yourself, you've, you've got your ways of kind of directing that conversation too. But when I get the eye roll, that's how I usually follow that up with. Well, you know, somebody has to let these people know that they're not crazy and that, you know, that it isn't a ghost in their house, that it's probably this or that. And I try to give them kind of the mundane, rational side of things. And then they think, oh, here's somebody who, you know, isn't really going out there and saying everything's a ghost. He's trying to show people that ghosts maybe aren't real. And that avenue actually leads to me hearing more ghost stories from them than people who are true believers and want to say, oh, let me share this with you. You know, I I hear, you know, more compelling and intriguing stories from those who think that I'm out there to debunk them.
3: Yeah, um, I agree with that, too, because I think that uh, birds of a feather, you know what I mean? It's uh, you can normally tell when somebody's just coming at it from, you know, one perspective and they believe, you know, or fall for anything. Um, a real funny story really quick is, as you know, that uh, I spent a little bit of time in the hospital recently, um, had had a procedure done. So I spent a few days there, and I guess um, from my uh, surgeon's office, word had trickled over to the hospital staff uh, exactly what my little hobby here was. So a few of those nights, you know, on their breaks and everything, I had like a room full of nurses, and I'm regaling them with... <laughs> tales of the paranormal and, uh, you know, our exploits and the different places that we went to. And it was just hysterical. You know, they would come in and it's just like everybody's waiting for a story, you know. Um, so it was it was pretty cool to have uh, all the girls in there just, um, you know, um, telling me about now we're now, you know, the door is open. So we're exchanging, I you know, stories now and they're telling me things, you know, when they grew up and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's pretty cool when you can talk to uh, to people on that level about it.
0: Uh, and, you know, it seems to follow us wherever we go. I, my, I had a loved one that was in the hospital recently. And when I went to go visit, you know, the nurse stopped me as I'm walking out. And, and, we, and you're Tim, right? And, uh, I said, yeah, yeah, why? You know, like thinking they want to check me off the list or something. And, and she was like, well, I've been on one of your events and I want to talk to you about. And so the next time I went there, it was the same thing. Everybody just comes in and share. And, and you can see, you know, when, especially being in the hospital and, and seeing people that are working in the medical field, they have some pretty unique stories to tell because they were around people that are making that transition all the time. And they're in a building where people have made that transition. So for them, you know, to be kind of tapped into that energy, they might not even realize it while they're sharing these stories with you
3: well some of them were very insistent the hospital which you know which i won't name for that reason because i don't want anybody bugging them about it but you know they were telling me their own stories you know so if you are a proponent of um you know traumatic death and a lot of a release of emotions and things like that of course hospitals places like that um are probably uh, a prime target Um, But they were telling me their own stories there. Um, But what I find, Tim, is is like the interesting part about this is like people often talk about, you know, when Ghost Hunters came on the air and then Ghost Adventures and then, you know, everybody wanted a piece of, um, you know, the paranormal pie as far as television. And we would sit around and say, well, this is great. You know, it's not a taboo subject anymore. It's become mainstream, so people... Um, aren't as afraid to come out and talk about it anymore. And this is great for us, you know. What I find is interesting about it is that as these shows start to kind of filter away now, Mm -hmm. we're left as the ones now that people feel comfortable to tell their stories to. You know, this is, this is what's kind of left over from them because that now they know, um, you know, Tim Weisberg's interested in this. Ken DeCoss is interested in this. Uh, you know, Stephanie Burke's interested in this. So once that you recognize that uh, you have an interest in this, you suddenly become the person that people feel comfortable around telling their stories to. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic there, um, but one that um, I'm glad exists.
0: Well, and one of the first of all, let me say, for going through that procedure, Ken, you've held up remarkably after the lobotomy. But
3: uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's great. I've got in touch with my inner self. But a little PTSD on these uh, fireworks that are going off outside. Yes, it, so, but
0: it, we can hear them starting. I told you they were going to start back up again once they knew we were on the air. <laughs> yes, uh, but, but there's, there's, uh, you know, there's a connection that can be made. With people that, you know, if you go back to the way that human beings have interacted with, with one another for centuries, you know, it was always these stories that we told each other. Right. And when you're, you know, when somebody in this room is telling me a story about their life, you know, it's kind of like it's become so mundane because we see so much about people's lives now out there in social media. Everything that people post up there, you read it, you hear it it hits your head you make a judgment about them all this kind of stuff but these ghost stories are probably one of the closest things in these ghostly experiences i should say because they're not just you know made-up stories but these experiences are one of the few things that we can share with one another that still cause us to make a deep personal connection with each other
3: yeah because i think that um i think we recognize how difficult it is still for some people to come forward with something that they're trusting you with because typically out in the world, the real world, you know, people probably just kind of, you know, laugh at you or just kind of laugh it off, whatever. And that's why people um, sometimes they draw the line as far as what they tell somebody, you know, where they'll just say, oh, I probably imagined the whole thing when, in fact, they know they hadn't. So I think in coming to us, you know, somebody that uh, there's sort of a kinship with on this, that people will be more open and, um you know, it's great to hear these things, and I always have a great deal of respect for anybody who tells me something as a complete stranger that they won't tell their family or, or their closest friends or anything like that. And I, I take that to heart. I take that very seriously. Um, not that we don't meet, you know, the occasional nut jobs out there because, you know, frankly, that's just the way it is. But um, I've met a lot of sincere people in my years of doing this that, have had a very, very unique experience. And um, you can pretty much tell as they recount it, sometimes people get more emotional about it. So I think that in terms of a very, very personal thing um, or event in their lives, I think you do make a connection with people.
0: And that approach that you take has actually spread now because the Rise Up organization has gone beyond just being a Rhode Island-based team and you've expanded into other states as well.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, we have... Uh, Right now, we spread. We started with a team in Connecticut, and now we have one in Massachusetts, one in New Hampshire, and one in Maine. Um, and it's basically, you know, not to just, you know, create some kind of phony network out there, like, you know, um, look how big we are. These are people that we've known for years. That um, we said, well, you know, our approaches kind of mirror each other. We're all pretty objective in terms of our reasoning and our approach methodology, and, you know, we're not afraid to say, I don't know, or there's, you know, that we, we don't really see where something's going on, you know, just essentially being honest. So we all kind of got together, and one by one, I contacted everybody and said, hey, how would you like to do this, you know, so we could share resources, share personnel, share data, um, share equipment you know, and um, just, you know, enhance everybody's experience. So, um, yeah, and I'm I'm very happy to say that uh, it's worked out well, and we're working with some great people.
0: And and the best part about that is you know that you have support then when – things go on and you get a a big case or when you have uh, something that you can't always get out to yourself and you've built that network in with like-minded people and that's what I'm sure will come out of Ocean State Paracon this year as it does each and every year is that networking of people of like minds that get together and you know we see it on our events all the time with Legend Trips where we see people that come together for one night that just kind of hang out in the dark for a couple of hours together that form friendships and form even teams Teams, and it becomes some that goes beyond just that one particular event.
3: Yeah, I think the coolest thing is, um, and, you know, we've been to events um, together, you and I, and um, I think the coolest part about it is that when you meet up with people that you've um, become friends with in the paranormal, and, um, of course, there's always going to be talk about the field and talk about cases and, hey, what do you think? But surprisingly... Um, a lot of times, it's it the, the conversations steer away from that, and you start talking about other things like, "Hey, how's the family? How's your kid? Right, you know, yeah. how, how's the job going?" You're talking about everything other than the paranormal. So, to me, that's the basis of a true friendship. It doesn't always just revolve around one thing. So, um,
0: I mean, I liken that to what to what I do in the in the sports writing world, where you know, when I go into a locker room, I go into the Patriots locker room, and when you first meet a guy, when he first joins the team, it's kind of all business, you know, and you're just asking the relevant questions. But over time, you can't help but know more about them as a person and care more about them as a person. And then that makes it so that you get even more understanding and insight to their responses about the game. And and the same thing happens with the paranormal. The more you understand the person you're talking to as a person, the more you can understand their outlook on the the topics that we explore.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you, um, and that's one of the things that, um, compelled me to contact some of these people that lived in these states that I had known for a period of years, because I do know how they react to certain things, and I do know how they think about certain things and what's important to them, and, you know, um, I think that carry over. So, uh, first and foremost, I said, you know, this is the type of personality that I'm looking for to kind of carry this thing forward. So... That's really where it comes from. It has nothing to do with, you know, I went to a lecture, and, boy, you seem really smart. You know, it goes far beyond that.
0: Right, because if if you went by that, you never would have asked me to be a part of this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, again, it's coming up July 18th and 19th from 12 to 7 p.m. at the Assembly Theater in Harrisville, Rhode Island. It is the 4th Annual Ocean State Paracon. Tickets, $10 per day, $15 for the weekend. Kids under 12 are $5, and those with a military ideas only are only $5 because it all benefits the Wounded Warrior Project. Names like John Zaffis, Andrea Perrin, Amy Bruni, Dustin Parry, Joe Chin, Krista Chesery, Tiffany Rice, Kathleen Cody from Dark Shadows, Shannon Sylvia, George Lopez, Keith and Sandra Johnson, some guy named Tim Weisberg, Carl Johnson, <laughs> Rosalind Baum, and the Gettysburg Ghost Girls. So you are looking at a fantastic lineup, some great lectures that will be taking place some great discussions that will be happening and and hopefully some good weather and some good times as well so ken thank you for putting it all together and thank you for joining us here on the show to discuss it
3: amen i thank you for the opportunity and we'll see you guys really soon thanks for having me everybody have a great night
0: you as well and uh and and don't work too hard here in the in the last couple of weeks that you have left but I, i know you will
3: Okay, I'm going to go outside now and start shooting back at these people. So <laughs> right. I'm going
0: to run. Have a great one. Thank you so much. Uh, that is Ken DeCosta of Rise Up Paranormal. And uh, if you would like to follow him on Twitter, you can do so. Uh, just follow at Ken D underscore Rise Up. And uh, you'll be able to see all of the updates uh, from both Rise Up Paranormal and with the Ocean State Paracon. Some of the raffle prizes that they have that will be going on, the investigation portion of things. I'm sure they'll share some of the stuff that they get from there as well. Uh, It's really great to have events like this in our own backyard. You know, we have Ocean State Paracon every summer. We have Salem Con that looks like it's going to be an annual event. Mm -hmm. They've recently announced... Salem Con 2 will be happening next April. So, really, I mean, New England is the area where a lot of these stories originate. Yeah, definitely.
1: Especially up in Salem. The
0: Salem one was, was. Pretty interesting because you've got a lot of people that were coming into this that had never been to Massachusetts before. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of people coming into Ocean State that have never been to Rhode Island before. So it's a whole new world for them in terms of the topics that they can explore and the type of ghosts and and the type of phenomena that we have here. It's not all the same from one place to another. Yeah, we definitely
1: have like a large thing of, I mean, a large following of uh, paranormal activity.
0: There's people that just want to come here, you know, Mm -hmm. people around the world. Where do you want to go investigate? I want to go and I want to go to the places that you guys go to in New England. You know, I want to go to the Losey Boyd house. Yeah, obviously.
1: We also have, you know, the ships with all that stuff happens and it's so cool. We have everything. We have
0: have the oldest European, well, some of the oldest European history in, in the country, and that helps. And we have the Native American connection, which helps as well. But mm-hmm. I think part of it, too, is a lot of it is that puritanical atmosphere that still exists around here. The fact that you can come here, and it's almost still taboo to talk about ghosts a little bit.
1: Right. It is. And you're right.
0: that gets people kind of charged up for it. Because now, not only are you doing something that you find interesting, but now there's like a little bit of an element of the taboo to it as well. Like, you're not really supposed to be doing it.
1: I never used to really talk about it because I was afraid if I brought attention to it, that I would just be haunted.
0: <laughs> so you may still yet
1: We're uh, work, I we definitely, can work on that
2: he's got big plans for you i i, I totally, totally believe in
1: hogs
0: there's so. there's, a, there's some spirits around here that bother the heck out of, of us after you know the show's over so.
1: i totally believe we'll let you take one home for a week and uh, we can no see. thank you she's got her own <laughs> i do in my house i live in an old victorian home so right. there's some entities up in there
0: <laughs> she should have been here for the for the ghost sex show then Alright. Well, we're going to take a break. We'll come back with more spooky South Coast in just a minute here on the new 1420 WBSM. From the Kootenay South Coast, Tim Weiser, along with Stephanie Burke. The silent of Assassin, Matt Costa, and Lauren Awesome. And we are talking about the paranormal, as we do each and every Saturday night, and as we just were telling you about the Ocean State Paracon. There's also another great event that's coming up on Saturday, July 18th, that maybe, you know, if you're in the local area, you want to stop by before you head out to Ocean State Paracon. And that would be the Holistic Psychic Fair that is sponsored by the First Spiritualist Church of Onset and the Wareham Historical Society. They're teaming up to put on a holistic psychic fair uh, on Saturday, July 18th from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. It's at the Farring Tavern Museum at 11 Elm Street in Wareham and at the Old Methodist Meeting House on 495 Main Street in Wareham. Now, they're basically directly right across the street from each other. Uh, Some famous New England mediums will be there, many vendors, and a 50-50 raffle. There's something for everybody. So tell your friends to go and check out the Holistic Psychic Fair happening at the Faring Tavern and the Meeting House uh, down in downtown Wareham. It is a $2 admission at the door, and proceeds will benefit the First Spiritual Church of Onset as well as the Wareham Historical Society. So go on and check that out for your local connection Mm -hmm. to the other side. And then, you know, when when you're done there, you can head on over to the Ocean State Paracon, and then, of course, there's a full day of Ocean State events on Sunday as well. So, so many different things that you can do to kind of explore these topics a little bit more. And, of course, we're here each and every Saturday night for you as well. And we have about, oh, I don't know, a decade's worth of archives up on the Internet for you to check out as well. If, you've, if you're if you new to the show or if there's some episodes that you've missed, you can go back and download them all from iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. Uh, and we always try on this show to, as we were saying before, in the, in the vein of Art Bell, we always try to create some balance in some of the topics that we're discussing. And, and that was something that someone was telling me earlier this week that they like about Spooky South Coast. They like the fact that we play it down the middle and we don't really take sides. You'll end up knowing how we feel about a topic, where we stand on it, right. but we don't really say that we're right and somebody else is wrong. Uh, one of the times, though, that I've felt from the beginning that we are right and everybody else is wrong was with the whole stupid Charlie Charlie challenge. You know, as much as people were coming out and saying that this, and if you remember, I don't know if you remember hearing about this, Matt or Lauren, or this is where you put the two pencils kind of cross each other, and you have like yes, yes, no, no on the paper, and you ask, you know, Charlie, Charlie, are you here? And The pencils move. We we did it here in the studio. Did
2: you do it? I wasn't here that week, so how did that turn out?
0: Yeah, it did nothing. Happen. It did nothing. So the you know just this stupid thing that's been going around, uh, and it was all the rage a few months ago, and it seems to sort of have disappeared. Well, a story came out. Uh, when I'm trying to look at what the date was of when it was published, I don't see the actual date of when it was published, uh, but a story came out that an Atlanta teen had died. A 17-year-old girl suffered a fatal brain aneurysm after doing the latest viral craze. She was attempting... Uh, the Charlie Challenge, in which participates attempt to summon an ancient Mexican demon. Jocelyn Morales, 17 years old, of Stone Mountain, was found deceased in her home. Initial reports revealed that Morales suffered a fatal brain hemorrhage shortly after summoning the demon. Medical Medical examiners at the scene reported that the young girl suffered from a rush of blood to her brain, causing the vessels to burst. Morales was participating in the Charlie Challenge with two other girls from her school, and according to the two other girls, they heard voices and felt the presence of something in the room. The two girls indicated that Morales uh, screamed and fell over motionless. So they they give kind of their account of what happened, Mm -hmm. and and they say, you know, they give the whole uh, kind of play-by-play of what went on. Now, this story, of course, hits the Internet, and paranormal investigators all over the country, all over the world, are sharing the story. Instead
2: of just reading the story.
0: And showing how dangerous this Charlie Challenge is because it killed someone. Right. And a lot of them are going so far as to say, see, this is proof that you're actually summoning a demon because this demon killed With pencils. this 17-year-old girl. But here's the problem. The website that the story originated from, newswatch33.com, is a fake news site. If you look at it, it looks just like a real news site. Mm-hmm. But all of the stories that are on it are completely false and and They look at it as being parody. Now, where can you find that on this site? Oh, you have to really scroll Scroll down. all the
2: way down and hit the About section.
0: To really find out anything about it. And it even says, you know, if you want to work with them, they're looking for creative writers. Creative writers, people that can create fake news stories for this website. But when you hear a story like this that sounds like it's too good to be true, Mm -hmm. you have to do some digging before you share it with the rest of the world
2: that's the problem with most of these sites and actually with social media and with society today is instead of looking for the source of something even if, it, if a story is word of mouth instead of getting the actual source finding out the facts if it's true or not you're so willing to just go and repeat it to the next person or just click that share button and who cares what you're spreading it doesn't matter true or not
0: And and it doesn't take a lot of digging either to look at some of the other similar headlines on this. And and really, don't quote a story unless you start to see it from multiple sources.
2: I mean, how true is a statement? Consider the source. Right. Right.
1: You and
0: know. and in, in the case of these fake news sites, you know, there's other people that are running sites that they'll see this headline and be like, oh, we should be having this. Right. And then they'll do the digging and realize there's nothing to this. Exactly. So if you don't, if you see a story and it's only on, for example, Newswatch33.com <laughs> and it's not being picked up by other known trusted news sites, right. then I probably wouldn't really put much stock in it. There's times
2: where I'll see links, fake links, for like ABC News, Fox News, and they're not real ABC News. Right, it's
0: like ABCNews123.com.
2: Exactly, or like a, oh, Philadelphia, like somewhere that's not near here, so people assume that it's an actual news site. It's not. If you click on it, you'll know the difference if you, you know what you're looking for. I don't share anything until I know that it's shared by Fox News Boston, WCVB5, places that are around us that know and have done the research already. So,
0: And you can always jump on Snopes.com and, exactly. and use I that. Google it
2: all the time to see if it's actually real. I, I look up the website that people are sharing all the time, and I'll go right on people's Facebook pages and say, this is a satire site, this is a fake site, stop sharing this, because you're creating mass hysteria and you're creating... Right you know, you're spreading yeah, gossip yeah. and everything else and it's dangerous for some people, especially people that get worked up about things like that. It's not yeah. okay.
0: And Facebook totally is agree. working on on removing these sites from being able to be linked Perfect. on on Facebook, but here's here's how it works though. See, they create something a headline like, you know, teen dies from demon attack and Charlie challenge and to them it's so ridiculous right. that there's no way anybody could believe it, but the problem is the people that are in the paranormal world they want to believe bit. it, right? And and so, you know, what they think is a ridiculous headline and a ridiculous story, isn't always seen as ridiculous by certain segments of the population. But one of the things that I always do on a site, if I'm not sure, is I go and I read some of the other headlines and some of the other stories that they have, and I get start to get a sense that okay, this is like the Onion, right? And so here are just some of the other headlines that are on NewsWatch33.com. ISIS used shark attacks as part of terrorism plots. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, let's see. That
1: was a good one. I just want to say, if my boyfriend's watching, he just mentioned sharks.
0: There you saying. go. <laughs> All right. The, uh, the NAACP to consider DNA testing to confirm ethnicity of employees. All right. Well, with the whole, you know, uh Rachel, Rachel Dolezal, that, that kind of has some believable. But Ben Affleck divorces Jennifer Garner in light of same-sex marriage legalization so they can marry Matt Damon.
2: Well, I mean, come on.
0: Alabama attempts to ban s- ban Skittles taste the rainbow commercials because the rainbow represents gay people, and that will make people confused. Oh my God! So these are some of the other Creative stories that are stories. out there that uh, that are right alongside this teen dies from the Charlie Challenge.
2: Now, just to you know, really get into that Ben Affleck story. <laughs> Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are from Boston. We've been legalized in gay marriage for how long? Right. So, obviously,
0: they could have always, any research. They could have moved back here. And,
2: right. It would have been fine.
0: But, you know, maybe it took a while to decide. To maybe you just waited till Jennifer Garner's career was over, and he waited to see if the public mm-hmm. accepted Batfleck. for a while, so... He's like, he's like, you know what? Now that the public has kind of calmed down about this whole Batfleck thing, I think I'm safe. And, uh... But we see these stories all the time, and we see all these fake videos that are always posted yes. up. There's one that's been going around that it was it's been out for a while, but it's, it's starting to make the rounds again of somebody shooting their kitchen, and all the cabinets open, and mm-hmm. plates are flying out and everything. And, and there's actually a video where the person that created that explained how he did it and showed everybody how he was able to use because pneumatic people triggers and everything. don't care.
2: They just share what they see.
0: And, yeah, they don't bother to do a little bit of research. We know
2: plenty of people personally that are so guilty of this.
0: They just see it and they share it. Yeah. Yep. This is ridiculous. I'm going to share it. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes I will share things that I know are ridiculous and might not be true. But for fun. And I will do that and I'll put in it like, obviously this isn't true, but what do you think? Right. You know, because I want to kind of get conversation going with it.
2: Of course, but to share it and start warning people or to go on a complete rant with the link of the website. Well, that's that's it that gets, gets really ridiculous.
0: We've all seen it where you know you point out to somebody that it's false, and they have to still defend it.
2: Well, that happened to no me. End. I did tell politely tell someone that it was a satire site that they were posting after going off on a rant about something, and they completely defended their decision underneath. Well, it could happen, and it will happen, and I'm right. It's like okay, well, I was just trying to let you know. Like, some know people that. don't like to don't be wrong. Be. <laughs> no. So. Actually, it might not be who you're thinking. But okay. I'll
0: tell you later. It must drive you crazy, though, as somebody that you know you, you give it, a lot of this stuff to Think Eye anyway. I mean, I mean,
4: all you have to do is do 30 second Google searches and it's kind of figure hard. out. Right. The uh, the last one that I remember uh, with the past couple of weeks is the uh, Samsung. Phone.
2: Yes, the battery. Yes. Oh right. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah.
4: That one uh, I saw in I my mean, newsfeed. I think last. Supposedly, week. it's yeah. a it's a spying device.
0: Right. Right. And, I want to know
2: how many people took their phones apart and ripped that out.
0: Right, right. Now they have a broken phone. Right, so. right. And, and why would they really? Why would they need to spy on you the with thing a hidden camera? If the government's going to spy on you, they're already doing it. Well, every right. drug it's not, dealer on the need planet need is probably little, doing that. They
4: don't need a little antenna; they can just take it from the cell phone tower.
0: See, that, but that's the thing: is like people that are involved, especially involved in the paranormal world. I don't know why they think that they're so special that mm-hmm. the government would because want to follow they don't what live they're in doing. The real world. You know, we, how many people do we know that are like, oh, you know, I was outside today and I saw black helicopters. Uh, they must be following me. You know, that black helicopters daily. are keeping a, an eye right. on me. When was the last time you saw a sky blue pink helicopter flying over your head? When was the last time you saw a, you know, a, a purple helicopter fly by? If anything,
4: the government would be in a uh, Goodyear blimp because you wouldn't be able. You would be like, oh, it's just a Goodyear blimp. Right. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly.
4: No big deal.
2: But if you don't have that knowledge, and sometimes maybe right. I give people more credit than I should. Like, I, I told the story before. I was sitting out on my back deck one day, and MedFlight came past my house, and it was flying so low I could read the words MedFlight on it. And, like, anybody that knows around, like, Mass State said, Police. I
4: MedFlight. Definitely not NSA dude.
2: Right. <laughs> so.
4: It was the dude that really convinced me. Like, <laughs> Mass
2: State Police have their own... It says it right on the side. Med flight is very obvious. Two seconds after that, somebody else in the area says, um, "Oh, there's a black helicopter flying low. They're definitely, you know, government spies." And I'm like, "No, it's med flight." And like, two, you know, not even a half hour after right. that, there's a news story breaking like, out that they're landing on 140. Why does every
4: helicopter have to be black?
2: I, I just, I don't, I don't understand people. Maybe yeah. I, I well,
0: just toward like, helicopters.
2: Maybe I should just stay at home all the time because.
0: Well, what what I don't understand either is why there's in, a, in a, a built-in paranoia. Why does that have to exist? Because
2: well, you're gonna you're gonna get down deep into this rabbit hole quick with like the conspiracy theorists, and everything has to have a conspiracy attached to it, and the well, government I mean, lies. And
0: if you want to go beyond that, I mean, well, if you want to go not not that deep, I'll say, if you want to play in the more shallower waters, like, why would the government care? If you are out looking for ghosts, (laughs) UFOs, I can understand, (laughs) you know, trying to expose some of the conspiracy theories that are out there. I can understand that, but I don't understand when people who their only work in the paranormal world is the investigation of ghosts, but yet they think the government is on to them. They think that they're following them. It's just because when you start to put yourself into the outside, you have to fully buy into the concept that you are an outsider. And that should come with all the, the you know, perks the, the expectation. Yeah, yeah and the, I guess you can call them perks. oh well, in their mind. Yeah, because it means that they're special, that somebody wants to right. spy on them. I can tell you, like, listen, when this show started and we started talking about a lot of these topics, mm-hmm. I thought it's entirely plausible that we're going to get somebody that's at least interested in what we're doing. Somebody's at least going to kind of let us know that they're watching us. And it's 10 years later, and I'm still waiting for that to happen. No,
2: if anything, we have local and state police that tell us that they listen to our show on their midnight shifts. Right. Because we're, it keeps them awake. But They're supportive.
0: I, I just, you know, because I was warned by people. People that were in this for a long time told me, like, if you start going down this path, there's going to be, you know, people that try to throw obstacles in your way. I'm still waiting for it. Now, the, now, you know who I'd like to have listening to the show is, you know, other program directors for other stations. that want to pick us up and syndicate us. Of course. But, uh, the, you know, that's an entirely different thing. But I can't tell you that I've ever been harassed by anybody for for this show. I've been teased right. for, you know, talking about the topic. But no no men in black have ever shown up at my door. I've never felt like I was being followed home. When when black helicopters fly over my house, I know that they're just flying over my house.
1: Exactly. It doesn't, doesn't
0: mean anything. The drones that appear in my backyard and fly right, in, right alongside my window. To I mean, that's a road. little weird. But I just assume that's somebody looking to see if I'm undressing. <laughs> but, uh, Matt, you, you've been right along with me since day one. Right. You've never felt like there's any kind of them. No, there's are, no, uh,
4: like. Unmarked vans or anything. That, right.
0: Uh, if, no. I mean, if there was an unmarked van, I hope it's the kind that just opens the door and offers me ice cream or a puppy or something. Right. You know, like money. That. Money. Some. What do you do when a stranger offers you gifts, candy, or money? You take the money. Take the money. Obviously, because you don't want to take the candy. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll end up with it all by the goes, time goes <hopes>. Yeah, I, I just don't understand that. And I hear people, you know, I listen to some of these these blog talk radio shows, and I'm a guest on some of them, and I hear people all the time come at, come at me and say things like, oh, yeah, well, ever since we started doing this show, like, uh, we, we get followed around by these black fans. Oh, my God. Um, no, because I don't even know about your show.
2: Right, and we've been on for 10 years. And
0: I pay attention to the world of the paranormal. Exactly. So if I don't know about your show... I highly doubt that the government cares about your show, but I think that people just want to insert themselves into that.
2: Or you could just go on the the method that you might be a really sketchy person that's doing really sketchy things, and that's why the government's following right. you.
0: It's maybe could it be just... your
2: drug deals, <laughs> not your radio show.
0: <laughs> it's it's the other things that you're doing, the extracurricular. Oh, stuff right. That you're doing. The
2: stuff that you do outside of your radio show might attract
0: attention. I've, attracted to I've you. never once felt threatened for doing this show. And I've never then, once felt like anybody's following me
2: let's be serious. Some certain paranormal people have really sketchy paths. We've discussed this on the show before.
0: Some of them just have general paranoia right. to begin with, even if they weren't following this path. Correct. It, you know, and I I worry for the psyche of some people. Sometimes I think that a lot of the people that get involved in this, we're doing more harm than good mm-hmm. by letting them take part. You know, not that there should anybody, that, nobody should be the guardian of the gate of the paranormal. That says you can do it, you can do it, but you can't do it. Of course. But there are certain people that we all know that sometimes it's 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 a sickness.
2: It's not a cool kid club either. Like, you don't have yes. to be a certain way to be involved, or it shouldn't be clicky either. It's just, Speak for yourself. It's, or... it's weird. Well, I'm in the Tim Weisberg fan so, club. Some so. of
0: us are cool kids, at least in our own minds. But no, no, you're absolutely right, though. it's It gives a lot of people a sense of belonging. It does. And it gives a lot of people a sense of what they've been looking for and what they've been missing.
2: But it ends up with, like, paranormal bullies, and then you have you know, the people that just shouldn't be involved ever. Well, I feel I like think.
1: there's bullies in everything, no matter what you do in life. Well, yeah. And we overplay it, that. We overplay no, the I'm not, crap out of that. I'm just saying, I'm just personally saying from a standpoint of a person that's been bullied multiple times, that no matter what, it's not right. It's not right to bully somebody for their beliefs or their opinions or anything like that. So if somebody is, you know, a paranormal investigator or whatever or is in the paranormal world, you shouldn't have to deal with people, you know. But you're
2: well, going to deal with it anywhere,
0: anytime.
1: Of course you are. But
0: and we over, but we do overplay it in, in the paranormal because we say like, we're all supposed to work together and he's picking on me, right? it, But sometimes they're not picking on you. Sometimes they're just calling you out because you're full of crap.
2: Yeah, of I course. I mean, people could assume that Tim and I are bullies right now for saying what we're saying, yeah. but we're just kind of telling it how it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We When we bully people, we do it anonymously on the internet. Right.
2: So,
1: No. <laughs>
0: You know. I post as Magnolia fan.
1: I am so against the
0: whole bullying thing, so. But, it,
2: <laughs> but it everybody happens. is, really. It,
0: it happens so much, and I, but I think that we think that it happens more in this realm than it happens it's in others. It's just because
2: we're a smaller group.
0: That's and that, that's that's what it is. And I think because we're all looking for so much acceptance that we overplay that bullying that does take place. and And also... Not every negative word that's being said about you or your evidence or your team is bullying. Sometimes it's just hitting you up with a dope slap of reality.
2: Right. Exactly. And which is fine, but it's all people's way of interpreting what is being said to There's a lot of dope. I just believe that
1: there's a, a right way and a wrong way to approach
2: things like that. But in the paranormal, there is no right way or wrong way. You don't think so? Nope. You can't prove anything because nothing's been proven. That's true. So everything's left up to opinion.
0: But in Which terms really of the interpersonal difficult. dynamic, what,
1: yeah, what you have to have, political,
0: there has to be some respect for each other.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There should always be a level of respect, no matter why. It shouldn't result in name calling or people being like
2: calling you out for you know. But it's not always that people can. And Tim, I'm sure you've seen it too. You say the littlest thing and it's all of a sudden you're a bully. And it's not. It's not the name-calling. Like, like what we're doing now, we're not name-calling, but people will assume that we're bullying.
0: There, there's dividing lines that are being drawn for a lot of these topics that we discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the topics that we're going to be discussing in the future is... You know, we're going to have Danny Roberge back on to talk about his apps that he creates. And there's a big divisive line between those who investigate using apps and and those who create apps for investigation and those who create hardwired devices and physical Mm -hmm. devices for investigation. And and I I don't really think that it, it has to be an either or. I think you can have a little bit of both as long as everything's being done the right way with the right intentions. But it's just one of those things where it's like because there can be an easy dividing line here, it has to exist. Mm -hmm. because there can be an easy dividing line between this group and this group it has to exist and I think that all we're doing when we do this we're playing into the misconceptions that people outside of the paranormal have about those that are inside we're kind of just, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that eventually we're going to eat our own and tear each other apart and it it happens Maybe
2: some weeding needs to be done
0: Uh, Absolutely, and I 100% agree with that and I don't feel like the way to keep this from happening is power unity where everybody gets along right i think that that's the wrong way to go because there needs to be just like in anything else in this world enough back and forth that eventually the cream rises to the top right and i think that you see that over time i mean i think that we've seen that over the last 10 years there's people there's people that say to me all the time how come i heard this person on your show and then i never heard them again does that mean that they're total garbage no It just means that whatever they're doing now doesn't match up. Somebody actually, we only got about two minutes here, so I'll make this quick, but somebody contacted me this week and said, how about Rick Hayes? I want to have a reading with Rick Hayes. You guys used to have him on all the time, but I haven't heard from him. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that means that you guys still would support Rick Hayes and if I should get a a reading with him. Absolutely. Get a reading from Rick Hayes. We just haven't had time to have him on the show with his schedule and ours. Right. That doesn't mean that we wouldn't book them again and that doesn't mean that you should base whether or not you're going to book that reading on what spooky south coast thinks of them either
2: well it's interesting
0: so it's just as, as an example of you know it just because you don't hear us talk to somebody or talk about somebody doesn't mean that we don't support them and the same thing exists out there uh, in the everyday world of the paranormal just because somebody doesn't work with somebody or invite somebody to a certain convention mm-hmm. or it doesn't mean that they don't believe in you and they don't believe in your work It just means that not everybody has to be invited into the pool to swim at the same time.
2: I like the way that you said that. I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: Because if everybody's swimming in the pool at the same time, somebody's going to pee in it, and then I'm going to get upset. Because then I've (laughs) got paranormal pee all over me.
1: Paranormal ghost pee.
0: It's, it's, believe me, it's the living PM more worried about. So that about, you're gonna have to get your, uh, your, your penis confetti shooting friend to teach these people about some of the diseases that are out there. Yeah, I
1: guess so. Well, that does it
0: for, for this week's show. Uh, we are just about out of time. We will be back next Saturday night to talk more about the paranormal with you. So you absolutely want to tune in for that. And, uh, again, you can check us out all week long online, SpookySouthCoast.com, on iTunes, wherever podcasts are found, and on Twitter, at SpookySC. So until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Lauren, for Stephanie, we want you all to stay spooktacular.